I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. This week we are continuing to take a look into the uh, catalog of La Car Lung with a look at the 1981 movie Marshall Club. This movie's impossible to search, by the way, because <laughs> a lot of things have the name Marshall Club, but this one's a lot of fun. It's definitely... It's kind of goofier, a little bit lighter, I think, than a lot of movies we've been watching. And, yeah, I think that's And accurate. it continues that Lao Karlong kind of bit of being all about kung fu, all about styles, all about, you know, competition and getting stronger and everything. It's a, it's a really fun one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think this, like, really reflects Lao Karlong. I mean, in fact, he opens the movie facing the, the <laughs> audience and kind of yeah. uh, with this great little narration. But, yeah, I would say compared to uh, some of the other rising stars at this point in time in Hong Kong, a lot of the Golden Harvest stars like Sammo and Jackie and other directors like Yun Ping, you know, Lao Gar Lung is, um, I would say, at least the way he expresses himself on film is maybe a little more innocent uh, possibly a little more sheltered or less cosmopolitan, but it, I think extremely devoted to like pure martial arts and very sweet. And I think this, I think that kind of captures this movie. Like it's a very sweet film and it's wall to wall with action. And I think it's, I don't know, I think it executes on kind of large scale choreography that I think Lil Girl Long was you know, had kind of envisioned for, for years and years, and it kind of comes to fruition in this movie. Yeah, there's a lot of crowd fights in this yeah, in this gosh. movie because the whole, the whole basis of it is that there's these three kung fu schools that are all kind of kind of competing with each other. One of them's a little more menacing than the other, but, but like you're saying, it never really, like, no one dies in this movie, which is, I think, a first in the podcast. Man, <laughs> wow, yeah, yeah, thinking about Like, not that. even... Not even side characters do. You're right. Um, like the worst thing that happens is that a guy gets his legs broken or gets one of his legs broken and his hands get messed up. But no one dies in the movie. <laughs> and uh, and like the, the evil motivation is I want to be the best school by any means necessary. Not I'm going to kill everyone that's <laughs> against me or anything. It's it's it's. It's really fun. And that's why it's crazy looking at like ratings, like movie ratings for a lot of these old kung fu movies because they're almost all rated R, mm-hmm. which seems kind of harsh because like this movie, yeah, some of it takes place in a brothel, so I get you wouldn't want it to be like PG. Right. But but it's not like it's violent, but it's not like super bloody. There's you know, no I don't even dies, know whether there's evidence stuff. that the MPAA actually was screening a lot of the Hong Kong movies at a certain point. There, There is, it did seem like there was almost a de facto our stamp Um, yeah you could almost see that it's like a little unfair you know grouped in with its fellow you know they just assume that it's something without seeing it and originally when it came out here it was called instructors of death so when you hear about (laughs) something like that you know you can imagine that the uh rating system mother i'm not taking my child to go see instructors of death yeah funny you, you know that you mentioned nobody dies 
in a movie called Instructors. <laughs> just like how 36 Chamber was called Master Killer, you know? These yeah. are kind of because names. They, they give them all those intense names yeah, that just kind of, make people feel like, oh, no. Or, or like how the five Venoms was the five deadly Venoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or uh, so. what was it? Uh Five Fingers of Death, uh, that was, what, Spiritual Boxer or spiritual something? Spiritual Boxer, you know, yeah. Yeah, they, they would do stuff yeah. like that. Gotta add death or kill somewhere in there. Got to. <laughs> Got to. Oh, man. And, yeah, uh, this movie, yeah. oh, good. Oh, sorry. And although she's not the star, this um, this is a movie is a great showcase for uh, Kara Hui, who uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. is really we, phenomenal. Uh, yeah, phenomenal we haven't movie. seen her on the podcast we have yeah but she's definitely a pretty pretty prolific actress from from this time and, and continuing on into the 80s and 90s yeah and she was actually kind of uh brought into hong kong cinema thanks to lao garlong and um she i think she has similar to michelle yo she has origins in dance as well yeah i actually saw her recently because when we were covering uh, Executioners of Shaolin, uh, uh, like I yeah. said before, I watched uh, Clan of the White Lotus, and she has a very prominent role in that film. And actually, oh, right. it's funny because she plays a pregnant woman, and she has some fight scenes in that film <laughs> as a pregnant woman, which is really awesome to see. Wow. <laughs> but she plays a, a, a yeah an important role because she ends up teaching uh, Gordon Liu's character in that film the more feminine style of martial arts and that helps him to overcome the antagonist in that movie. So I think it's about time that we go ahead and jump just straight into the movie. But first, let's take a look at the back of the VHS. Wong Fei Hung is a proud student of the Wubin Martial Club, and he shares a healthy rivalry with Zen Club's ace, Wang Yinlin. However, things take a dangerous turn when they butt heads with a stranger from the north. Now, with a wild card thrown in the mix, the Lu Zheng Fu Club has his eyes on becoming the most powerful school in town. Continuing the legacy of Wang Fei Hung, again through the eyes of the master Lao Karlung, an instant Shaw Brothers classic. Gordon Liu, Robert Maktala, and Karhui star in Lao Karlong's New Year's celebration film, Martial Club. So, like we were mentioning before, the very first shots of the movie, after you see the Shaw Brothers logo and everything, isn't actually the movie itself, or isn't like the plot. It's you, We see a big white room, kind of like we've seen in some of the other Shaw Brothers movies, it's a big white room, and there's people doing lion dance that we've uh, saw most prominently in uh, Dreadnought. Yeah, but we've seen a couple of other movies, and and then we get to see Lau Karlung in front of the camera. Which I'll be honest, I'm not always a big fan of the director popping up on screen before the movie to explain something. <laughs> sure, sure. Because sometimes it feels a little like, "Hey, dummy, here's what this is." <laughs> But I am kind of the dummy in this point because I don't know what Lion Dance is. So he comes on and he explains like, hey, here's Lion Dance. And, you know, if another two different schools are coming against each other with Lion Dance, then you have to show respect and you can't do these things. If you do these things in a fight will break out. And it's great because each time it shows them doing the bad, whatever the bad thing is. And then, and then just this big brawl starts breaking out between everyone. Right. And just cuts yeah, that it's really like cool. different times. Well, what's really interesting about this is uh, it's it's an indication that he's speaking directly to foreign audiences. 
I mean, that's, mm-hmm. I guess that's sort of how I would take it. I don't think this kind of prologue would be totally necessary just for, you know, local Hong Kong or imported like Taiwanese audience. And mm-hmm. definitely by this point, if some of you know his films <laughs> films we've already touched on on the podcast yeah. were sizable uh you know export hits so i don't know it's, I was gonna it's really say 36 really chamber already came out and that yeah, was a massive exactly. hit in the u.s as far as the hong kong movies go right so i'm sure you knew that he had a lot bigger of a international audience than you might have it's realized. also amazing seeing lel garland here he just at, at least to me uh looking at it i guess in retrospect he seems just so young you know yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, That's what I was thinking too. Yeah. His hair. He's got a very youthful energy about him Absolutely, when you see him in yeah. this scene. Yeah, it's it's really cool. You see the two lions uh demonstrating these I guess etiquette and um uh yeah, actually Gordon Liu and uh you know uh Robert McTeklaw, the other protagonist in the film, they're actually in the little lion outfits and it's kind of funny they're wearing like a blue and a green outfit and uh, Joanna was watching this with me and she said it looks like they're wearing medical scrubs and I'm like yeah oh, it totally does you're actually yeah. right it's like it totally that sounds like that such way. a great idea like a it's like the Stephen Chow movie he never made like surgeon kung fu oh, kung fu surgeon oh, yeah. I'd watch that, kung fu surgeon that would be yeah. so great nice nice we should also mention that this is um you know this is post drunken master and the Wong Fei Hung kind of renaissance and this is a kind of Lao Garlong Shaw Brothers attempt at kind of focusing on that legendary character of Wong Fei Hung. And uh, actually, that's who Gordon Liu plays in this movie. Just, yeah, really cool. Yeah, really interesting. So the three main, the three rules that they talk about here is that you don't use your lion to sniff the other lions behind. You don't blink your eyes while moving towards the other lion. And you don't raise up your leg towards the other lion. And they mentioned all this because in the very next scene, we see the school doing all three of those things (laughs) in a giant brawl breaking out. I mean, those are just good rules of thumb for any kind of lion, like the Chinese lion, lion in the (laughs) safari. Yeah. Mountain lion. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, don't raise your legs towards the lion. Don't blink towards him. Or, you know, don't get too... Just don't get close, actually. It's probably a good right, rule right. of thumb. Yeah, this, uh, this scene following the demonstration is really cool because, uh, yeah. yeah, we've got another one of our lion dance. It's like half performance, half feet of strength. And, um, yeah. yeah, there's this kind of closed set. It looks really cool. And there's a big celebration and there's a literal pyramid of, uh, you know, martial artists that are trying to help the lion reach its prize. Yeah. This, yeah. This, this human pyramid is insane. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I didn't realize it's a whole lot of people, but it, it's like, I can't imagine the arm strength you have to have to, to hold this, like these like platforms up and it, it's something else. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a great really taste high. of of this movie, uh, which I think so much of the the spectacle of Marshall Club are like what you were uh, mentioning earlier, Matthew. Just these large scale, um, kind of filling the frame with you know human beings, like crowd crowd work, crowd material, and uh, eventually crowd fighting. And it is, I don't know, it's a, it's a great little time capsule. This opening sequence, because. Um, it kind of, I don't know, it's it's 
there's something just so charming about it. It's clearly one of these classic Shaw Brothers sets, but you just can't picture a production like this nowadays, not only in Hong Kong, but anywhere, you know. Mm-hmm. Just And I also kind of was thinking it was cool that, you know, we're getting Wong Fei Hong again, and they're also featuring the lion dance pretty prominently yeah. in the film. So, um, I mean, culturally, maybe uh, Chinese audiences would be more uh, familiar with that. But, you know, as we've done the podcast, I kind of am getting used to seeing that hand in hand with Wong Fei Hong. Even in Once Upon a Time in China, there is a little bit of lion dance. Yeah, that great point. Yeah. Well, it's also interesting. This, I think this kind of marks a little bit of the turning point of, in in terms of just like the shining success that Shaw Brothers and Lao Garlong had together. I mean, he really... He's still kind of a, a loyal company man here, but mm-hmm. it was really the independent films or say like, you know, the seasonal films, Drunken Master, Snake in the Eagle's Shadow, and then a lot of the Golden Harvest productions that were really capitalizing and maybe perfecting the kind of Kung Fu comedy. And it's interesting here seeing Lao Garlung almost, this film is almost like an also ran, you know, it's like, Ooh, oh yeah, yeah, we can depict Wong Fei Hung. We'd be funny too. Also, and it's a young Wong Fei Hung that still has a lot to learn. But, you know, this movie never goes as far as Drunken Master does in making <laughs> young Wong Fei Hung kind of a rascal. He's still mm. he's still very honorable kind of yeah. from the drop. And as far as the comedy goes, you know, again, it isn't that kind of worldwide cosmopolitan comedy of you know, Samo or Jackie or Wang Jing or something. It's it's very sweet and almost kind of childlike. I don't know if that's fair, but yeah, no, I gotcha. Because that's we were joking before we got on that the plot of this movie kind of sounds like something that you would come up with if you brought your action figures to school yeah, and you're playing exactly. with your friends. <laughs> because it's just it's very much like, oh yeah, well my guy's gonna do this thing. Oh yeah, well my guy's gonna do this thing, and, and <laughs> he's the best guy. Well, and we've seen that in some of the movies already. I mean, uh, like say the the wedding night in Executioners from Shaolin. That's almost like a child's vision maybe of what that yeah, would be like. Yeah. And sure. it's like, okay, how do like how do we interpret that in terms of kung fu, you know? <laughs> and and really one of my favorite things from this movie is the rivalry between uh Yinlin and Wong Fei Hong. Yeah. It, it's it's, it's really fun. But it it definitely yeah feels like something like a teenager or childlike rivalry with somebody that you kind of recognize as your equal but you don't want to really admit to it. Yeah. Yeah. So in this first scene, we, we see this, this crazy lion dance and I do want to throw out cause uh, Yinlin is the guy with holding the lion's head, but I kind of want to do a shout out. I don't know who the actor is. that's doing it but the person that's holding up the tail of the lion. Oh that yeah. Is, like dangling from this pole. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's some amazing leg and core strength. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like he is almost literally sideways half of the time just with his feet on the pole. Right. And it's like 15 feet up in the air. Yeah. The whole time. It's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's yeah. phenomenal what these performers are willing to do. And like mm-hmm. you're saying in this sequence, uh, without really their faces getting a lot of screen time or anything, it's just, yeah, it just seems like a giant band of impeccably trained martial artists kind of ready to do whatever the director asks them to do. Yeah, so now similar to Dreadnought, we've got uh, one lion doing their performance and then they're interrupted by 
a rival school's lion. And in this film, they're both southern style lions. Uh, whereas in Dreadnought, one was like a northern style. But um, yeah, they quickly kind of get into a scuffle because uh, the prize that they're kind of... And actually, Yinlin is kind of flirting with some girls, like tossing the present back and, right. and pulling it. In the middle of that, the other lion jumps in and they're kind of squabbling. And it, it's funny, every kind of interaction between two schools, no matter what's going on, ends up in a huge brawl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the on-off on switch of brawling in this movie gets flickered quite a bit. Yeah. Where it'll just, everyone really well will be put. fighting, and then it'll just be, no, everyone stop, and everyone stops. Yeah. And it's like, no, go beat them up. Yeah. And they all start fighting again. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, this kind of ends in this whole brawl, and then it cuts to the next scene where you got uh, the schools, kind of all the leaders of the schools sitting at a table, and they're trying to actually Wong Ki Ying, Wong Fei Hung's uh, father, he's trying to mediate between the schools to get yeah, and kind of to calm everything down, and yeah, that and he, lasts and he, for yeah, a little bit, but <laughs> kind of <laughs> yeah, turns into a brawl long. again. And yeah, uh, this kind of depict Wang Keying here is is almost like that Wang Fei energy that we know. You know, he's the one yeah. who's called upon to mediate. And yeah, I think it's I think it's it's great. It's funny. Uh, fans of Iron Monkey, yeah, you know, it's maybe fun thinking of Donnie Yen's depiction of Wang Keying. Yeah, I think actually kind of complements this uh, this pretty well. But so this is when we're introduced to the three properly introduced to the three kind of masters that we're going to see in this movie who, like we said, there's uh Wong Keying, who's the master of the Wubin school, or they say it like five different ways, but <laughs> Wubin's how it looks like it's spelled. So that's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, master Jang, who is the leader of the Jang Tian Chao school. And then master Lu Jeng Fu, who is the leader of the Lu Jeng Fu school, which makes sense. And Lu Jeng Fu is kind of the, Kind of the antagonist, I guess, of the movie. Yeah, um, if, if there is an antagonist, but he's the his was the school that kind of attacked uh, the Jang school's uh, lion ceremony kind of thing, and and it's great because the uh, the Lu Jing Fu school has like these basically looks like a white t-shirt but with like a some kind of chinese character mm. in the center i tried to find what it said but i i didn't have any luck doing oh, like the, nice. drawing the character okay but um but the other one uh the jeng school has like a rising sun mm. on it or yeah i guess some kind of sun I, I guess i don't know if it's raising or lowering but but it's just it, it kind of threw me off the first time i watched through this because they have pretty similar names with Lu Jing Fu and Jing being similar. And also this is a good time to mention the, this movie is on Amazon prime mm. and it looks great, but it is the, it is the, uh, I, I guess Mandarin version Yeah, and the translation and the subtitles isn't super great. Yeah. Which makes it kind of hard to follow. Yeah. Uh, which it's which is crazy because it's not that complicated of a plot, but it kind of makes it hard to follow. Whenever they'll call characters different names at different times yeah, and all that. And yeah, it's really unfortunate because, like you're saying, the picture is beautiful. It's that same oh, standard yeah. of the celestial transfers of mm -hmm. you know the Shaw Brothers catalog. Not sure what happened here because you know when it 
when it hit the theaters, uh, you know, as instructors of death, I'm almost sure that it was, you know, that our kind of classic dubbing crew. But uh, Carlos was able to track down a version with a dub, and it was a yeah a group of voiceover artists that I was not familiar with. It's got some interesting. Uh, <laughs> that's that's a it, nice way to say it. It sounds yeah. like it was maybe done a little bit more recently, or maybe it just struck me that way. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I was trying to figure that out too. It definitely has like a more raw sound to it. And yeah. some of the voices seem like they have kind of strange accents. Australian so, accents yeah, or something. Yeah, it's, it's weird. Yeah, you do hear some kind of vaguely British accents like you do in a lot of classic mm. Shaw Brothers dubs. But then there's other guys or, or like the the woman who voices uh, Ju Ying, uh, Karahui's character. She definitely sounds American. She kind of sounds like uh, Katie Seagal. Uh, oh, sure. Like, oh, like sure. Peg Bundy or, or Leela from Futurama. Mm-hmm. Your stance is not steady. Miss, you shouldn't kick me off of my chair. I tell you all the time. Every kung fu fighter must be... Be watchful and very attentive. Oh? I don't know. Yeah. I kind of got a, a vibe of like if Katie Seagal couldn't act, then <laughs> that's what she would sound like. <laughs> and yeah, it is interesting, too, because, yeah, this is on the Tokyo Shock release. And it seems like they kind of and I don't know if it was specifically for this DVD release, but it was like they kind of put together what they could from what they found. So it isn't a complete dub. And actually, the audio will drop back to the original audio for some Yeah, sections. what's great, though, is that at least it drops back to the Cantonese instead of the Mandarin. Right, right. Track, and and cool. that, yeah, that's subtitled. So it's kind of a cool feature that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so I, I felt like I had to share it yeah. with you guys. It's I know there's fun. actually oh, yeah. with uh, with Drunken Master, the uh, when people saw it in the theater i think i'm remembering this right but you know it was with that kind of classic uh dubbing crew but then Mm. there was another dub that was done around the same time by a different group of people and that's kind of what survived on the dvd versions or the versions that you would get now Mm. it's also i i think a different cut of the movie or something so anyways I've, i've heard there are projects where people are trying to kind of assemble the more classic dub, but there are moments where it sort of drops out. But Ooh. yeah, even even though it's the the sound of it and, and these performers aren't um, maybe the ones that you kind of hold near and dear, there's still some really beautiful, like strange line readings and odd oh, pa- yeah. pauses. There was one pause that was really great. It was, I can't remember who said it, but it was like, How dare you? Snatching our lion. What do you want? and i love the one the the person who's dubbing wong fei hung has really loves to drag out like the last word of this (laughs) sentence like hey don't do that (laughs) you should have heard it applause came like thunder (laughs) (laughs) you know it's that's a good point though it's like i think sometimes um some of the Cantonese inflection like makes its way into the dub. I think whoever is doing the dub, you do you do get some of that. It's like, yeah, I don't know. It's great. Gotcha. Yeah. So they're uh, they they kind of try to sort out this this issue, saying it's like you know misunderstanding. And like we said before, they violated like the three different you know etiquettes for the lion dance, and and it is kind of funny that they explain beforehand the three things you're not supposed to do. And then in this scene, they're like, they did the three things you're not supposed to do. <laughs> uh, they're, yeah, they're by vi- violating the one screenwriting thing you're not supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. It is, it is very much telling and not, and not showing. Or it kind of tells, then shows, then, <laughs> and tells, then tells again. again. Yeah. 
But so they, it kind of ends with uh, Master Lu saying, you know, we're we're just going to leave. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with this later. And and then we get to a, our first really great, uh, great scene with Wang Fei Han and, and Yin Lin. And I love how the whole first half of the movie, they're just BSing each other yeah. about like how good they are. And like, oh, you're never going to learn anything good at your school. Like, yeah, well, I could beat you in six moves. Well, I could beat you in six moves. And- <laughs> Yeah, this is a really great scene of them in the marketplace kind of bragging to each other. Yeah, I had to do the lion dance this way, and it was really hard. Oh, well, I had to do it this way, and and we had to do a (laughs) snake move, and they kind of do this kind of little sound effect, like cha-cha-cha-cha, like while they're showing what they did. Right. Yeah, when I heard that in the the Mandarin, I was like, how are they going to do this in the the dub? And it's just the dub voice actually going like, (laughs) cha-cha-cha, cha-cha-cha. I also really like how Gordon Liu and Robert kind of complement each other physically. Yeah, they have kind yeah. of a similar build. I would say that it's a Mario um, and Luigi kind of. It mix, is kind right? of a thing. <laughs> yeah, or like I was thinking, obviously, like a Ryu and Ken kind of situation, <laughs> sure, where it's yeah. like, uh, yeah, Wong Fei Hung. Uh, he's got this long ponytail and kind of the uh, bald like cap on the front whereas like uh, Yin Lin has these great sideburns so it's like (laughs) player one player two version of uh, the same kind of hero oh I love that (laughs) I love watching these movies and seeing even though it takes place in King Dynasty China you can still kind of see the 70s leaking through I always I always love that seeing mustaches and the the sideburns yeah hairstyle oh man the sideburn game in this movie is it is on point yeah it's it's really good um lu jing fu like uh he's got the i think he wins the award for best sideburns in a kung fu movie that we've seen (laughs) on the podcast yet it's super good yeah okay but but yeah for sure so like going back to the scene they have this kind of really nice little exchange between each other and they're kind of drawing a crowd in the uh, marketplace and um, I really like how goofy it gets. Like, there's like this really goofy music cue that comes up, yeah. and they're kind of, of the score is great in this. this. Yeah, it is. It's mm-hmm. really good. And they're kind of playing tough in front of everyone, and they kind of have to fake like they're not injured. But you have a moment where they turn away and oh, they're rubbing that. their wounds. Right. Because <laughs> what's great in terms of the complimenting, like you were saying, it's like you know one is known for their fist technique and one is known for their leg technique, and so right. like. Yeah, they're rubbing their like respective limbs or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, and and it's I don't know, it's kind of like a again almost like a youthful view, like view of masculinity or whatever, or like machoism, and it's yeah, I don't know, it's super fun. Here. Yeah, so mm-hmm. they decide to have a little bit of a contest where instead of fighting each other, um, they're gonna find a really strong guy. And each of them are going to fight. And the first person to strike six times is going to win the contest. But at the yeah. same time, they want to make sure that they win. So they both <laughs> yes. have like ideas to kind yeah, of Yeah, they both try bribe. to like, fix the fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they want to bribe uh, whoever they fight to go down so they can win. Mm. And um, yeah, that ends up kind of backfiring for them in a little, a little smaller way. And this one, it'll be in a much bigger way following... Uh, after this <laughs> yeah so one of them i think it's wong fei hung's plan is to basically like flash a coin when it's you know it's like it's time to fight and then the guy that the, the hulking guy they've hired 
will be ready to kind of throw it. And then um, I think the other tell was just like a wink, right? It's a wink. Yeah, it's yeah. a wink. And I love whenever uh, Wong Fei Hung just got with one of his friends to find the the boxer guy, and uh, Yin Lin got with his sister, who's yeah. uh, Kara Hui's character. And that's, yeah, that's where we're to. introduced to her, which is a great and sequence. It is because they're they're working at like an herb shop, and they're like doing kung fu with the herbs yeah and she's just throwing these amazing kicks and it's like watch the herbs kick the (laughs) herbs punch the herbs yeah Yeah. (laughs) and and also we get to hear their their dad for a little bit because uh Kerhui's character is is Yinlin's sister, uh, uh, Chu Ying, and there you he see their father for a second. Oh, he man, has like this, three lines in the movie. This His dude on the dub. Oh, so oh yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, you two, stop it. Huh? Dad, he started it. Betty, you see, she's hitting me. Hey, why are you always fighting? I shouldn't have let you learn kung fu. We, we learned, learned it to protect, protect ourselves, ourselves. <laughs> right? You shut up. You see, you're diverting their attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like they oh, had to so force good. the engineer to say some lines. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, ah, oh, crap. We got three more lines. Uh, oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Kara Hui is, yeah, she's really great. And I love how animated she is in yes. every scene that she is. It's it's not just her delivering lines. Like, almost everything has a gesture and everything's really exaggerated, but it works. It works really well in the language of this movie. It's, it's super good. And she's really proficient. You can tell, like, immediately when you see her, you can tell how good of a fighter on Yeah, she's she extremely is. dynamic. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't know. It's funny. I guess it's it's probably not fair to compare her to, to, compare to Lily Lee, but it's... Yeah, I would say she has almost kind of like a warmer screen presence and is maybe even more explosive of like a, you know, fight performer. I agree. Yeah, she's really great. And this this fight then is is amazing because both of them have paid off the the boxer to take a dive, but both of them kind of don't want it to admit to the other one, even though it's really obvious. <laughs> right. And I love whenever they, they beat the, the boxers and they both hand them a coin at the same time. It's like, hey, get this for medicine. And they both kind of stare at each other for a second. And then, and then back at the boxers who then who then fall over. Yeah. And love afterwards, they're both like, hey, how much money did you make from that? Oh, hey, Two this dollars. guy makes some money. Yeah, yeah. And they also convert everything into to dollars, which uh, yeah. I feel like it's usually used as some kind of like insult, like we can get into that when they go to the brothel later. But what's also interesting mm. here is it's like, cause Gordon's character, Wong Fei Hung ends up inadvertently winking. Cause he's kind of, Oh injured. yeah. Yeah. Some dust and kicks up. Yeah. So he kind of alerts the wrong guy, but then he flashes the coin. So that he actually has two of the dudes on him initially. And anyways, to make a long story short, I, they each end up not fighting against the, the kind of the fighter that they hired, which is kind of a nice yeah. little twist. <laughs> And then Yin Lin does, uh, he kind of takes his belt and shifts it to the middle because that means that he's a, uh, that means <laughs> a that teacher, he's like a master. Yeah. He's a, uh, I love then the, in the subtitles it says means you're a head coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'll understand that though. Some Americans. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I guess makes sense because it's kind of a gym, so you're kind of like the leader of the gym. Yeah. So I guess that'd be a head coach. I don't know. Well, now if this gets this gets tested immediately, like uh, yeah, because they immediately run into an actual master who has his belt done properly, 
and this guy just just beats the crap out of them and says like you need to go back to your school like i know you're masters i know you're not really masters yeah and yeah this and guy, it's this guy it's funny great. here yeah he's he's really good but like we were talking about before so like Quanta king's Wong fei hung is kind of like more in line with Wong Ki Ying in this film and yeah. you can see like uh, Wong Fei Hung is almost more like uh, I guess like in Magnificent Butcher Samuel's Lam Sai Wing where he's kind of just always getting into trouble and it's kind of blowing yeah. up in his face well, a, little, a yeah. little bit like with the Wong Fei Hung of Drunken Master uh, yeah 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 <laughs> yeah I really like that whole uh, symbol of the belt uh not it's really funny to me it i'm using it from now on my belt buckle is like all the way to the right just so no one's <laughs> it totally does seem like something you'd see like on a playground where kids are talking about oh this means this and i'm i'm yeah. cooler because i'm doing this thing it's like what yeah. i want to do that thing so <laughs> then it causes trouble yeah there's such like a playground innocence to to the whole movie which i yeah i really love yeah, it's it's very cool. So they get uh, they get beaten and then kind of taken <laughs> taken back to their uh, respective uh, masters, and of course Wong Fei Hung's master is his father, so he's you know kind of scolding him both both as a master and as a parent. Yeah, and this very closely mirrors this kind of compatible scene from from Drunken Master, although in that movie that kind of you know essentially exiles Wang Fei Hung, but there's a, yeah. a a great, and there's a series of these shots in the film, like a slow-mo, like weeping, like throw kind of, yeah. Uh, kind of, yeah, it's really, it's kind of some ma- amazing acrobatics for, yeah. Um, yeah. It almost looks like a, kind of like an Olympics, like gymnastics kind of. Movie. It does. It does. Yeah. Cause, uh, Wang Jing throws Wang Fei Hung into the air and also kind of twists his belt so that it'll be on the right side whenever he <laughs> yeah. whenever he lands. <laughs> oh yeah. I I, yeah. I like that the knot in the back means that you're like a fish seller. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. great. <laughs> and this is one of my there's a lot of really cool transitions in this movie, which I really always love a good a good transition. Yeah. Where uh, in this scene we see uh, someone like pops Wang Fei Hung's neck back into place, and then it cuts to Yin Lin getting his neck popped back into place by Wang Fei Hung, yeah, and then it starts so the next scene. Yeah, very cool. Uh, and this is whenever we kind of get introduced to uh, another bit throughout the movie where Yin Lin is basically saying, "Hey, we should go to a brothel," and. <laughs> And Wong Fei Hung at first kind of doesn't get his hint saying that like, oh, I want to see some lanterns. <laughs> He's like, oh, you can see lanterns all the time. He's like, no, I don't think you get what I mean. And then he just straight up says, no, I mean a brothel. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> and Yin Lin's doing all these like, I always heard them called stupid human tricks where like stuff <laughs> that, I love that. <laughs> where good. it's like stuff that you do with like your body or like breaking stuff with like your neck or, or you know, breaking out of bonds, stuff like that. To just to try to impress the girls. And of course, Wang Feng being like, you know, goody goody boys, like, no, we should be at home training, kung fu stuff. <laughs> but yeah, it's also what's great is like this, it's it's not as though this movie would actually be able to deliver on like uh, you know, really a really kind of crude like womanizer yeah. in the brothel. 
and it's, it's almost like they're just hanging out. Yeah, yeah. It's well, almost it's like also, they're just at like a bar. Or it's something. weird. His it's like not. girl impressing move is basically to ask for one of the ladies' belts, and then you know ask them to to kind of tie him up, restrain him, and then he just rips the belt. Which I I don't know. Were you guys impressed by that? <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to do. <laughs> that, that's yeah. true. And it, yeah, in a tendon-free belt, for... that's that's pretty tough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. As I was say it sets up for uh, sets up for a pretty good payoff later in the movie. Yeah. Um, and then we get introduced in the next scene. We get introduced to probably my favorite character in the movie, which is uh, uh, Master Shan. Yeah. But you don't know he's Master Shan yet. But he's great. Um, Shan. He's played by Johnny Wang, who. I don't think we've I don't think we've seen him on the podcast so far. No, we have not. So. Um, but he's in a billion different things. He's usually a villain, and you can kind of see why in this movie. He definitely kind of has that that villain look to him. He has he's a great got a role really... in this film, though, where he kind of uh, he helps steer the other villains' moral compass a bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's got a really good and, serious face, but actually, like yeah, just... you don't get to see that serious face too much in this film. And he's. Uh, he's supposed to be a guy from the north, and I think there's supposed to be like a joke where he doesn't quite understand Cantonese. That they don't. Uh, yeah. Obviously, it doesn't really translate super well. Whenever I don't understand either language. Yeah, it's, so. it's funny in the in the particular dub that we watched, they abandon all of the north versus south differences, and they just refer to it as a stranger or an outsider. But yeah, um, but, but in I do the think subtitles, they the kind of. Yeah, they they kind of address his speech by saying he says bro a lot, almost like a kind of not that he has like a country accent or just that he talks a little bit different than everyone else. Yeah, it's maybe in the wrong like register Mm -hmm. culturally or whatever. Yeah, Um, but he definitely kind of has this kind of fish out of water. He's very amused by all the differences wherever he goes. He's like, oh, wow, that's so weird that. You know, the the chicken here is prepared differently, stuff like yeah. that. <laughs> uh, but he's, and, he, he's quickly kind of scouted by uh, Wong Fei Hong and uh, Yin Lin's, uh, you know, people that are looking for a fall guy. So they both realize yeah. that he's pretty strong and he'd look really good if he was taken out by uh, Wong Fei Hong or Yin Lin. And I actually really like, like I was saying that, Karahui's animated acting is like yeah. turned up way, way high when she sees him in the restaurant. Everything she's doing, she's like skipping into scenes and she's yeah, doing like yeah. a kind of like uh, animated like fall. Like she's like, when you're ready, you just fall. And she does yeah. kind of like yeah. a lean back. It looks really cool. And Shan's been given, uh, he's been given a dollar by two different people. And then whenever Yin Lin walks up, he just says them, what are you going to give me money to? Yeah, he kind of is. He's got this kind of innocence to him, but he's also like a threat. Um, yeah. I kind of called him chaotic uh, neutral in the movie. Oh, I like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. You know, because uh, I, you know what, I would actually say he's more lawful neutral because he very much has his code and his etiquette. Oh, yeah, sure. and he sticks to yeah, it no matter fair. what. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's it's really cool because he. Well, in a great setting here in the like, kind of our classic tea house uh, environment. Yeah, it's really mm-hmm. good, and he just is very very genuine. He's not trying to, uh, you know, he doesn't have his own motivations. All you really know is that he's traveled to the South kind of for martial arts experience. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And he gets in this big fight with Yin Lin, who Yin Lin kind of keeps thinking that he's going to to take a dive, but instead Yin Lin just gets the crap eaten out of him. And and Wang Feihong kind of he at first he's stepping in to like to try to fight Shan, but then Yin Lin like falls over to the ground and's like reaching at his neck, and it kind of gets kind of gets rough there for a second. It's cool how uh, yeah the scene turns from this innocent scuffle into a very serious fight, and yeah. uh, Yin Lin is outmatched, and he it, it's it could have been very lethal because yeah once uh, uh, Shan Zhang kind of turns things up. He's really putting the hurt on Yinlin. And yeah, yeah. The, that kind of fatal blow that he does in the match, it's actually kind of like a saving move because he was going to fall like head first towards like, it looks like right. the chopsticks or something. And um, he used his strength and his like eagle claw attack to stop him from falling into it. But mm-hmm. yeah, he wounds his throat pretty bad. But there's a little bit of a min- misunderstanding then because Wang Fei Hung is kind of, Tending to Yin Lin and Kara, who uh, Ju Ying comes in and she thinks that he's the one that did it. Yeah. Yeah. Which, whatever, I was, I'm glad that they fight because this is when we first get to see Kara Hui in action. Yeah. yeah. And their, their chemistry is really between, great together. Oh, like yeah. This. Yeah. But yeah. There's this great fight between her and, and Gordon Liu. But I was thinking there was like 20 witnesses that all know <laughs> exactly. that he wasn't the one that fought him. Yeah. Any of them could have said, oh, no, he didn't. And but, also, but. like, when when she asks Yinlin stuff, like, even though he can't speak, he could just shake his head, you know? Like, yeah. So there's a lot of uh, problems here that could be but solved again, with better communication. It's that kind of, like, sweet logic of Lao Ga yeah. Long, where it's, like... And we've run into a couple moments like this in other films where it's like, oh, but we all know that's not how either, like, human nature works or, like the laws of physics like you know (laughs) when you're practicing your kung fu in your house you don't need to be quiet because of the baby um (laughs) i don't know it's like a it's like a similar kind of logic um but luckily i think that's mostly obscured by how great kara and gordon are together yeah right Um, i think that yeah between these three uh they all have great chemistry together it's really yeah yeah absolutely so uh, Ju Ying is is just really mad, and she brings uh, Yin Lin to uh, to Master Jang, and and is like saying to him, like you know, it has to be Wang Fei Hung because look at these you know these these bruises, and Jang even says it's like it, it he uses the tiger claw, this is the eagle claw because it's only the three fingers instead right. of the five, but Ju Ying just kind of isn't hearing it and kind of. Uh, in in a bit, we see that she kind of brings a posse over to the <laughs> yeah. the Wubin school to to try to fight them. Yeah, there's a bit of like yeah, the martial clubs they kind of have this kind of gang mentality where they're like, oh, let's go over there and rough them up," and everybody's yeah. like, "Yeah, let's go." <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we should also mention that the uh, master uh, here is played by Wilson Tong, who we saw yeah. in Thirty Six Chamber of Shaolin last episode. That's right, we did. Mm-hmm. Between those two scenes, though, we get we finally get introduced to who Shan really is, 
and that's when we find out he is he's a master from the north that's come to kind of train and learn from the Lu Master Lu's school. But boy, he does and not get a great reception at Master yeah, Lu's school. Because when he first walks in, everyone there thinks he's just some guy walking in and Yeah, there's all the, like, shut up, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. And oh, one of I will say one of my favorite uh subtitles in the Amazon Prime translation was whenever they say like what's your name and he says uh shun jong right yes jong yes or, I, it's one of those x i o n g things or never yeah jong okay but he says my name is shun jong and the other guy says your name is stupid <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's really good but in the the subtitle use that uh use that in your own lives yeah <laughs> i like the subtitle one better because he yeah, Lu Shanho, the the son of the master, he says, "I'll call you Dog Zhang." <laughs> that's, that's the subtitle <laughs> like, version. Yeah, yeah, got him. <laughs> also, got it's him. unfortunate, like, but it's it's a little bit. To be fair, it's a little bit weird on both sides because he's seeing them practice the lion dancing, and he's like, "Oh, I, I kind of know how to do this," but he does just want to take it. Yeah, he's not. He's very carefree about how he does everything, and yeah, that's a really he good doesn't. Way to put it. Yeah, it's there's nothing devious about his actions. That's why I kind of feel like they kind of position him as like a country bumpkin. Yeah, in, I agree. In how he's yeah, like he doesn't understand like the social norms here. Yeah, he's like, yeah. oh, that's so weird. Whatever, and he just yeah. does what he shouldn't be doing. <laughs> yeah and everyone else is all uptight and he's just like well i just like borrow it i'll give it back yeah you know? yeah so yeah he, he kind of has a little scuffle with uh shang ho and then um uh lu Zhengfu jumps in and addresses him and he lets everybody know and everybody realizes oh wow this guy's a master and he actually says that he's coming from jinwu school so we've got a little bit of a tie to huo yanja uh, yeah who we've seen before that's right that's uh fearless right that's right yeah yep. that's all about huo yanja yeah so that, and... we got this kind of i kind of jokingly was talking about it but we have like a kung fu cinema uh <laughs> cinematic <laughs> universe yeah, <laughs> yeah so you've got totally. you know huo yanja chen zen uh wong fei hong all of these kind of we could just have like a whole like yeah. world of them all together which in its own way is true you know like you know, we have all these kind of fictional recreations of possibly true characters in history. So it's kind of cool to see all of this stuff and all the strings that attach them. So we all now get to see Master Hong and Master Jang talking to Yinlin, who can finally like speak a little bit. And they're both kind of scolding him, but apparently off screen, he's told them what really happened and that it was like this guy from the outside. It wasn't Wang Fei Hung. And they go to and they go to kind of get things straightened out and they're all still fighting. And there's a great bit where they're like, who told you to fight? And they all start pointing at each other. Yeah, because yeah, what's uh, happened while they're all discussing this very peacefully over tea, it looks like uh, Ju Ying brought her crew over and they're just all going at it. And actually, mm-hmm. yeah, right before they show them in the tea house, there's a really cool shot of Wong Fei Hong and Zhu Ying like just about to start fighting and she does this really cool like kind of uh style demo right before they fight I, I really yeah. love that like yeah, if we could get a gif of that I'd be very happy mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> totally and we get to see uh Goren Liu using the three section staff for a little bit there yeah uh, not for too long yeah, but we do great. get a quick uh quick little bit of that well and like the opening it's just it's really a feast for the eyes it's it's like a mm-hmm. giant crowd 
crowd fight here. And I would say, you know, compared to a lot of other crowd fights of this era, there's a lot more combat going on in, in the background too. It's, um, you know, it's not, it's not as many sort of cheats of just kind of flailing your arms around while you're mostly focused on the foreground. I mean, essentially the foreground is, is where the real choreography is at, but it's yeah, really remarkable. These sequences, just, just how many people are, you know, kind of committed to the, the choreography here. So after they get that straightened up, we get we cut back to the to Master Lu's school, and we see Master Lu. This is whenever we hear him kind of talking to. I think this is he's talking to his son, right? At this point, yeah, yeah. Um, his name is Shan Hao. Yeah, Lu Shan Hao saying. Yeah, and he's you know, he's kind of. Or, yeah, I think he's even described as kind of a brat. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but we hear them. Uh, Master Lu saying, basically, we're going to get this guy to, we're going to get this guy in his northern style to make us even stronger so that we can become the, the best school in all of China and all that. But again, it's not super duper evil. It's just like, you know, you know, we're kind of using this guy, but, you know, again, we're not killing people or anything. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem very devious, at least uh-huh. from, uh, master lu's point of view but you can tell that his son really wants to do some underhanded things to get ahead yeah 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 and we get to cut back to um uh, we get cut back to yinlin doing more stupid human tricks in the brothel <laughs> he has all of these like that i don't know like ribbon kind of things wrapped around his body mm-hmm. and yeah and he's kind of yeah, goofing I think it's around sort of the with belts them of then, the different ladies ladies there but yeah, yeah this is this is when karma catches up to him yeah <laughs> and, and he does burst out of them but he doesn't um that's right it's not this scene but this is where we where shan Hao sees him yeah at the brothel he catches his... so he 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 catches him and he sees oh you, you like to you know tie yourself up and things that'll that'll come in handy uh <laughs> And um, we have a quick scene where they're all like the schools are all out like jogging and and Wong Feihong is saying to Yinlin, like, you know, you need to like you go to the broth all the time. You need to, you know, focus on training and all that stuff. So I was like kind of downer patrol over there. Yong <laughs> <Fei-hung>. but, <laughs> Yinlin always just wants to show off. He's trying to kind of yeah. he's kind of trying to check him there. Yeah, you say, you know, you should learn your this kung fu to learn it not just to show off to other people. Which is right. funny because in the the scene following that, you get right after uh, it. Yeah. yeah, Wong Fei Hung ends up being kind of the guy that's trying to show off. So he's lo- showing how strong his uh leg stance is and he's yeah. just holding a stance and letting everybody come at him and um you get a bit of this kind of like Wong Fei Hung Quan Ta King thing where um, yeah. Totally. Yeah, Wonky Ying stuff. kind of shows up behind him, not knowing that it's him, and um, everybody else is like, "Uh oh!" But he's trying <laughs> to check him, and he realizes, "Oh, wait a second <laughs> and it kind of blows up in his face. Yeah, yeah, totally. The look in his eyes when he realizes that it's his own father is really good. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then they do a whole kind of leg fight where like they both have their arms at their side while they're um just kind of doing all their they're kind of doing stances at each other 
but by the end of it, we do see kind of a look of pride in uh, Huang Ying's face. Yeah, and which, if, uh, which is kind of sweet. Yeah, I, I was thinking if there was a moment that we were to hear Wang Fei Hung's theme in the movie, oh, I bet I, this would have been the best spot for it. Oh, that would have been great. But you don't, which is kind of disappointing because yeah. you hear this other, you hear this thing. It kind of sounds like uh, when Johnny comes marching home a little bit. Yeah, like yeah, a little bit, a little bit, yeah. And so we get one more time, we'll go back to the brothel. And this time, whenever he gets the uh, he gets the girls to tie up his hands, they both immediately, like, or all the girls immediately back away from him. Yeah. And the music gets really, really intense in this scene. Yeah, it, it really seems like does. it's really scary, like... All tied up? It's okay. Now watch closely. What are you doing? What's the matter? Is it, I mean, it ends up being that he's just kind of tied together with extra strength on the ribbon, but it almost seems like, whoa, did they just like poison him or something? Like, what's happening yeah. right now? <laughs> yeah, because all of the all of the girls at the brothel look so frightened and kind of terrified, and no one's telling him really what's. Mm what's happening and this is whenever lu shan hao comes out and basically says oh there's there's a, a cow tendon inside of that belt yeah. so like there's no way that you can break it with just your bare hands and or yeah i think he and, said he's like i i've put ox tendon in like every belt of like every girl it's like wow man. yeah <laughs> what a setup it's, com- it's commitment <laughs> and and I, I did look this up the guy who plays lu shan hao is uh lee king chu who, of course, like a lot of these actors, actresses, he's in a billion things. But he was actually a goon in uh, Yes, Madam and Police Story. Oh, so cool. We actually have oh, seen nice. him, just not, you know, specifically him as a main actor. Oh, great. But, yeah. Great catch. Awesome. And yeah. and Robert uh, Mac Teclaw, he's mm. uh, he's actually he, plays he was like known as a dancer. And actually, he came up in a lot oh, yeah, of like disco the dance dance. king or something. Yeah, <laughs> and there's actually a Shaw Brothers movie that he's in called Disco Bumpkins that I feel like oh, I need I've never to seen see. It. I've heard of it. <laughs> yeah, Disco Bumpkins. Yeah, it totally seems like <laughs> kind of like a late '70s, early '80s kind of genre, like dance movie, kind of like. I don't know, like breaking like or something. Night Fever yeah, or... something like that. So I really Saturday Night Fever with Kung Fu. Yeah, I'd like to see that. But um, <laughs> yeah. So he's getting attacked by uh, the uh, Lu Shengfu Club, and mm-hmm. they kind of ambushed him. And he's got his hands all tied up, and uh, they've all got batons, and they're putting the stomp on him. And they eventually, there's again another great slow mo shot. Uh, where Yinlin gets kind of flung like unrealistically high into the air, yeah, um, and and does a, bu- a bunch of front flips into a big pond. You can see in those shots that there's a double for him. It's not uh, the actor. Yeah, I I kind of figured. I could also see it being like a trampoline or something because it's kind of hidden behind some uh, yeah bushes some bushes where he, where he jumps. The other but thing is, is quite a slow mo shot. Yeah, the other thing that's really cool about this sequence is that. I mean, they've established that Yinlin is a very proficient kicker. And, you mm-hmm. know, with his hands tied, he really gets to showcase some of his skills when it comes to kicking. Oh, yeah. Until they break his leg, obviously. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. before then, there's a lot of really cool kicks in the, this fight sequence. The next scene is back at the uh, Jang school, and he comes limping in while the other people are, are practicing. And it's funny because he Yinlin admits that he went to a brothel instead of training, but he isn't willing to admit who beat him up right. and who broke his leg. He just says that like he he fell, he, he tripped and broke his leg. Yeah, it's another interesting logic thing because it wasn't as though he was threatened. Like, say my name, kid, and you'll get more of this or anything. Yeah, like, or something like that. Uh, yeah. So he's kind of he's just kind of doesn't want to admit it. Uh, I guess I guess maybe he just doesn't want to cause any more trouble between the schools or something. I'm not so sure, but yeah. Um. But then the next day, Ju Ying goes to. Wong Fei Hung and it's like do you like did do you know what happened did you break his leg and it's like oh my god someone broke his leg right and they finally are able to after Wong Fei Hung goes to Yinlin they finally get it, uh, him to admit that it was Lu Shan Hao that did it and and we get another confrontation at that at the school although this time uh Ju Ying and Fei Hung are on the same team which is pretty cool to see them going from fighting each other to kind of fighting back to back. Yeah, she's really yeah. cool in this sequence. She has this really nice kind of aqua blue outfit on. I think yeah, I, yeah. I think this is my favorite scene of her uh, in the movie. Mm-hmm. I feel like in a lot of these old Hong Kong movies, women always get to wear the cooler outfits because they get to like all the all the really bright colors and you know, like the silk robes and everything. Yeah, in this movie, you, all the men are kind of wearing these grays and blues and browns yeah. and um yeah other yeah, than almost, that opening like this the kind of more surgeon colors like you talked yeah. about at the intro <laughs> it'd be cool to see those come back in more of the movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but she's got like a whole rainbow of uh, outfits throughout the <laughs> movie but the kind of plain outfits in this scene with the uh the students at the uh lu jang fu school kind of the they have these red belts on that really pop out and make the like the scene would be kind of a mess if they didn't have the red belts on oh yeah just kind of this this massive white and brown yeah that's good man i like that yeah the shaw brothers loves them a big splash of red throughout (laughs) the throughout the frame (laughs) yeah red and shiny shiny weapons yeah yeah red and shiny shiny weapons Seeing her, see both in this scene. yeah, seeing her dodging like spears, and there's there's a segment where she's fighting against Shan Hao, and he's kind of toying with her, trying to get her to grab a sword. It's it's really cool. And then uh, mm-hmm. yeah, after this, you kind of get to see Shan Zhong. He sees the mess that's happening, and he like like flies in in the middle of the fight, like like off screen, like tag in, and he just like launches everybody out of the way, and he kind of notices Wong Fei Hung's skill right away and he notices his kind of moral compass when in the situation yeah. so yeah, th- yeah that's really cool to see in the film yeah and yeah because we, we we see Wong Fei Hung at first fights him with a little bit of the, with a spear a little bit but then whenever he sees that Master Shan doesn't have his doesn't have a weapon then he puts the weapon away yeah, so he recognizes he's like oh hey hand to hand weapon to weapon and like you can tell from this moment on, uh, Shen Zhang actually probably likes Wang Feihang more than he likes any of the other students at his <laughs> school. Mm-hmm. So, but they kind of just figure out that this is just a uh, that this is like a 
again, this is another one of those constant back and forth of, of fighting, the not fighting, fighting, the not fighting. And they get knocked out onto the street and we see like all of the members of the, uh, the two other schools coming, running down the street, getting ready for this huge brawl. But then, <laughs> but then it gets a, a stop put to it and they all kind of like, <laughs> he's uh Master Lu kind of just tells the student, like, no, like, we're, we're going to figure this out. We're going to work through this. And they all just kind of walk back in. <laughs> uh, and that's whenever they invite them to a uh, to a opera performance, a Chinese opera performance. Yeah. And and boy, did this start out. Oof. Yeah. So innocently. <laughs> Actually, it's it. <laughs> it continues to be innocent through the entire the entire run of it. But, yeah, it's funny. Um the yeah, this offering of uh, invitation to the opera performance—it's like it sends shockwaves through the martial club community. Like everyone <laughs> seems to be talking about what could this possibly mean? They would never invite me to the opera before, and I don't know. It's really kind of uh, entertaining, and I suppose you know helps to clue the audience in in case it wasn't clear already that like yeah, pay attention here, something may happen at the at the opera yeah because ju ying and wang fei hung are both like why would they do this like there's, there's something up you know gotta be aware of it i like that they uh at the master jang school they had to lock up yin lin to stop him from like trying to go out and, <laughs> yeah. and get revenge while he has a broken leg I do like that, but I also feel like he was so cool. Like, why did they have to? It almost seems like maybe he did get injured, like during the movie. So they kind of oh, had to write take. write Robert something. Mack got yeah, got uh, got injured. Yeah, like they had to kind of write it into the movie. Mm-hmm. But it's unfortunate because, like I said, their chemistry was so good, and he's kind mm-hmm. of sidelined through the rest of the movie because of his injury. Yeah, yeah, we don't we don't get to see him fight. I don't think any more in the movie. Except for possible, there's might be a couple of times where like he tries to get up and fight, but then falls over. Yeah. So yeah, now we go over to the to the opera, and we get to see we get to see a little bit of what they're doing on stage, just kind of some more, um, kind of big crazy costumes and and everything. And this is I don't know, it's so yeah, we get a nice little taste of the Peking Opera. Um, it's funny, possibly another kind of nod or maybe influence from Dreadnought. I mean, obviously, Lion Dancing and Peking Opera is really important to Lao Garlong, just as it was to Yuan Muping and others. But, you know, it's interesting, you know, Dreadnought came out, I believe, in March of 81. Mm. Um, and I think... Mar- yeah, it was around the same time. I think, yeah, Marshall Club came out, I think, you know, in maybe August or... Anyways, it was several months, several months later, though I'm sure there were probably um, parts of them were in production at the same time. But yeah, it's just a, it's a great setting for what is about to happen, and I don't know the reveal of the diabolical plan here is. I just think it's so sweet. It's like, <laughs> it is. <laughs> I know how we'll get them. They'll come to the opera. They'll sit in our reserve rows, and then we'll just accuse them of not buying tickets. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it kind of works, and everyone's really shocked. And it's yeah. it's one of these misunderstandings that just can't be over overcome uh yeah and it's like this simple miscommunication thing it's like hey obviously you said this to us and there's a group of us that all agree that this happened and 
all the schools witnessed you guys offering us to come to the opera, <laughs> but now we're gonna be arrested. So, all right, whatever. <laughs> Let's just fight. And I also, I also like that Wang Fei Hung's even like, yeah, well, like we'll, we'll go to you to the judge. Just you know, like don't tie us up. And yeah. he's like, no, we have to tie them up. Let's fight. Well, yeah, <laughs> and I think then, and yeah, then he even offers like, okay, fine, out. yeah, we'll pay our tickets now. <laughs> yeah. There's a yeah. great like. Uh, on principle kind of argument it's like if we let you <laughs> pay for tickets yeah. after the fact it's like, a slippery slope long yeah. fei hung <laughs> but this is this is what makes martial club i think kind of a special movie like you're saying mm-hmm. it's like uh no one dies the stakes are kind of delightfully yeah, pretty low, low. <laughs> um and it, there's just so many opportunities for just extremely large-scale fights and this is this is the large-scale fight to top them all oh yeah yeah, there's got to be like at least a hundred people yeah. in this scene because there's a lot. There's just a whole crowd of just normal non kung fu people that came to see this this pecking <laughs> opera, and and they're all trying to get out, but like all the all the exits are locked and they're banging on the doors. And I was thinking, I think that violates like ten fire codes. Yeah, it's <laughs> um, really bad. <laughs> which like I feel like there would in a, in a different movie in a, like a slightly darker movie then there would be a fire in this and people have to get out or something but or like um you know like once upon a time in china you know another oh yeah wang fei hong kind of linked there where they go to the opera and it's kind of like this setup and people end up getting mm. shot and killed in that scene yeah <laughs> but no no one's shot and killed in this one one of my favorite shots in this or favorite, I guess, stunts in this is there's this huge crowd in front of the main entrance and one of the guys yeah. like gets on top of the crowd and rolls on top of them to try to get to the exit to see if he can yeah. open it. And then whenever he can't, he like walks on the crowd back to yeah. the to the main area. It's not really played up, but it's really an amazing shot. It's oh yeah, it's one of those shots you kind of want to look back at slow mo to mm-hmm. see how they kind of planned it all yeah. out. And definitely a good gift moment there. Yeah, and then they get this kind of clever, almost video game like idea where it's like, hey, I, if you uh, kick the lights out, <laughs> they won't be able to see yeah. us. Then we can get out of here. <laughs> the first thing I thought of when I saw that was a link to the past. Whenever oh, yeah. you're in the room, the lanterns, that have the, tor- the lanterns, yeah, and like totally. if you if as as you they go out, then the room slowly gets darker and darker. <laughs> oh, that's a great sequence. It's, but it's, what's also amazing is how people are just flung up to grab these lanterns. It's yeah. like, mm-hmm. I mean, there are some shots where you think, okay, this is probably prepped with a trampoline or something, but. There's so much of it, it's just, it's staggering to watch. It is, I think like you guys were saying earlier, it is almost like watching like Olympic level gymnastics and mm-hmm. um, in some of the mm-hmm. sequence. Wow. And a lot yeah. of the kind of guards in the scene have like these sh- little like knives and I was like expecting people to get tore up, but you do see like some people get cut, but nobody gets killed. Yeah. There's like a little bit of blood, but mainly people just, they're like, shirt sleeves and mm-hmm. pant legs get ripped off not nothing too much serious than that although uh lu shen hao gets his leg broken good or er, <laughs> which yeah which it's kind of poetic justice there i like whenever they they kind of storm the stage and they end up kind of getting in scuffles with the opera performers backstage and like, yeah that's backstage great. oh and, right and they're kind of in and, character while they're running around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Master Lu ends up entering the fray, and he does a really cool bit where he's fighting with like one arm behind his back. 
That looks really cool. And uh, then we get to see Shan Zhang, yeah, Shan Zhang coming in with a few other guys. And all the Lu Jing Fu school people are saying, Master Shan, go, like, I think they always say, go beat them up. And he's like, I, I don't, like, no, I'm just going to step back and, you know, just kind of watch this because he's like, you know, he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know why these people are in this huge brawl. Yeah. And there's, I just I love seeing all the other people having these big poses about to fight. And he just is standing there with his arms crossed. Yeah, he almost seems like a, like Akuma to me in, in this from Street Fighter. Yeah. <laughs> where it's like this huge master that's kind of driven only by fighting. But I, mm-hmm. I would say that Akuma is a more evil character. Yeah, Akuma is a lot more evil than this guy. But, but Shan Zhang yes, kind of like just weighing the situation. And he kind of has a good compass and he can tell like, hey. Maybe these guys aren't the the good guys. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm in the bad side here. <laughs> uh, so Huang Jing comes in with the police, and they kind of are saying basically, "Hey, this is this is crazy. Like, there's no reason this needs to happen." And Huang Jing even says, "Like, I'll you know I'll pay for all of the damages and stuff. Just you know, we need to stop this fighting." And uh, back at the uh, Lu Jing Fu school, Master Shan says, "Like, hey, you guys need to, uh, you need to compensate them and, and apologize." And the both the Lu's are kind of, uh, kind of incredulous at this. Yeah. They're like, "We're not gonna, we're not gonna apologize to them." And mm-hmm. and every time Shan says something, they're like, "Oh, and then we'll have these guys come and beat them up." And Shan's like, "No, <laughs> yeah." I also think either it's here or the end of the last scene where. Uh, Shen Zhang, he's kind of weighing the situation and he's addressing Wang Qiying. Like he says he's well known as being one of the five tigers of Canton, which is something that I've uh, read before. I thought it was the 10 tigers of Canton, but um, yeah, so it's like. Well, it might be because they mentioned that later in the movie. Yeah, it's. About the five and five. Right. It's really cool here. This kind of like this hierarchy of, of martial arts. When, yeah, and just how respected he is, like, yeah, kind of regardless. So now we're coming up on the the second to last big fight of the movie, where Lu Shen Hao goes to uh, one of the one of the other schools and apologizes to them, and that's all fine. But then the the masters realize, well, hey, they they just sent their kid. They like they the masters didn't go, so why don't we just the students go? Yeah. And so so Ju Ying and uh, Wang Fei Hung both go to the Lu Jing Fu school, and then uh, I love that this is them the kind of their their backhanded way of giving them the the atonements, which are uh, cloth and rice. So right. they have these big rolls of of fabric, and the way they give it to them is they like roll out these big like rolls of fabric, and uh, basically it turns into a fabric fight. Yeah, where it's cool. Again, sorry, not to bring up Dreadnought again, but it's mm-hmm. um, oh yeah, that's another one of kind of the hallmarks of that. It's true that movie. They don't do laundry foo in this one. Yeah, not exactly, or but... sort of like magic sleeve or, mm-hmm. or anything. Yeah, it's interesting yeah. though because did you guys feel it was a little strange uh, Johnny Wang's character here, Master Shen Zhang? It's like mm-hmm. it does seem as though his like moral objective is kind of kind of right because yeah, flow. the last scene it's like. Oh, they're kind of Master Lu is kind of questioning Shane, and he's like, "Oh, well, you know, 
like I said, you know, I respect Wang Qiying, but then at the same time, he's like, hey, I'll come up with a plan, and this is my plan to get them. And it's like, uh, that doesn't really <laughs> fall in line with what you were doing, but right. okay. Yeah. But it ends up being a really cool He is cool a country bumpkin. Sequence. He's like a disco bumpkin, yeah. you know. He's... And maybe, yeah, you, maybe they don't like address it as well as they could have but you could see his motivation being just that he wants to face against these because martial arts is his motivation in the film yeah yeah no that makes yeah sense. i think he just he knows that wong fei hung is incredible and has a lot of potential so he really wants to to test him out in you know specific ways because yeah, he knows totally. he mentions about the like the wong style which is like that horse stance mm-hmm. that we see Right. And so he uses the fabric to kind of test that by wrapping around his legs and like, you know, pulling it against him. Yeah, and eventually the giant bags of bags of rice. Yes. But yeah, I mean this it, it's uh, whatever the the reasoning, like it sets up a really terrific uh sequence mm-hmm. here and Yeah, um, it's like a tug of war almost. Oh, where, that's yeah, totally. Yeah. They're using their stance like their legs as the strength uh you know pulling back and forth and keeping the the cloth taut and the whole time they're kind of also it's like they're kind of being serious and kind of playing a game at the same time where they're uh commenting on the quality of the fabric but you know honestly (laughs) they don't really care about that they're just kind of trying to prove their strength here it's really interesting and it it's too bad because uh ju ying is involved in this scene but she doesn't really get a lot to do it it'd be cool to see her uh take on this situation as well yeah that's Mm -hmm. a good point yeah it's she's kind of she's she's kind of handcuffed in this in this sequence yeah in this in kind of a similar, yeah, in kind of a similar fashion. The so other thing I really. kind of like is there's a couple moments in the middle of the cloth sequence where you actually get to see Gordon Liu do some kind of, not necessarily kick work, but some kind of fancy, like, kind of uh, jumping leg work. Yeah. And you usually don't get to see him do these types of moves. I, I kind of think of him as kind of like a, and I mean, they establish this in the movie, more of a punching type of martial yeah, artist exactly you know the the hangar stuff going on and this one he kind of does a little some leaps and some kind of roundhouse kicks in the air that look really cool and i really like how outmatched he he gets uh master lu you know master lu can't hang with his uh stance while uh yeah. Zhang yeah. is kind of back and forth with him and this leads to uh a little bit of a fight where they are punching through and kicking through bags of rice. But eventually Master Sean says, okay, take the rice, take as much as you can. <laughs> and so Wang Fei Hung just grabs one bag because these bags are huge. And then Shanjong uh, throws another bag of rice, like perfectly stacked on top of the first one. Yeah. Uh, and then just kind of keeps throwing bags of rice on top of him until he kind of comes down to his knees and and but then the like the this his his stance kind of overcomes it and he stands up on his feet and runs forward and, and throws the bags of rice. This is yeah, also kind of, um, yeah, this is an amazing little sequence to see. I mean, I'm sure you know those bags aren't aren't as heavy probably not as, as heavy, as, but still, like yeah, Gordon's just incredible his balance and stance here. You could see this being one of the chambers of. Shaolin. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I feel like we don't see all 36, so there very well could be a carrying big bags of rice chamber. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) 
But they'd have like knives attached to their legs or something that point in or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so this leads to the final, final showdown of the movie where Shen Zhang, Wang Fei Hung, and Zhu Ying all go out uh, outside. And there's a sign that just says Z- Zigzag Street. Yeah. And, <laughs> I've also uh, heard it called like Nine Corners or Nine Nine uh, Alleyways, something like that, where it's, mm-hmm. it's actually a really interesting situation where you've got this kind of corridor that the further down you go, the more narrow it gets. And the, it's it's such an interesting setup for a fight sequence because mm-hmm. yeah, Shen Zhang kind of says, "Here, I'll uh, escort you guys back," but Wang Feihong realizes that this is just another test, so he's gonna yeah. um, want to fight. And actually, you know, this is the end of the film now, and uh, I would say that Gordon Liu's characterization of Wang Feihong here is almost matching like what you would expect out of Wang Feihong. Kind of, yes. you know, assessing the situation. This feels a lot more like this feels a lot more like Jet Li in Once Upon a Time in China sure. than like Jackie Chan in Drunken Master. Yeah, he's got a very wise way of addressing Shen Song and mm-hmm. kind of, kind of checking him too. How he's saying that oh he got angry even before the the fight so he's kind of already mm-hmm. losing and yeah. um yeah it, it, this is a great i mean this is the crown piece of this film and yeah without this a is, doubt this is like whenever i was looking at what people were saying online the the limited people talking about this online <clears throat> everyone talked about the alleyway fight yeah nice. well what's so and, great is um it's like a delightful twist from the very beginning of the movie it seems as though everything is emphasizing big crowds and like uh, really dense fights in the frame and yeah. it, they're all happening in public places or like in courtyards or in the theater and like wide open space. Yeah. And this is so I think powerful because it's, it's really private. Like no one else mm-hmm. can really kind of oversee them. And it's also happening in these narrow confines and it's a, I don't know. It ends up being a beautiful test of their martial arts technique. It's like, Oh, can I limit you? And, really see how you perform like in that limitation and it just looks really it just looks really dynamic and the way that mm-hmm. the camera moves along the alleyway with them is yeah yeah just some great material here yeah there are some cool overhead shots and um yeah you get to this is just you know the martial arts right so you get to see them demonstrate <laughs> right. their different styles and um they're kind of addressing each other like reacting to the styles it's cool yeah, yeah. they uh one fei hung ends up using like tiger snake i think mm-hmm. panther style dragon yep. style with dragon style kind of hands as like the teeth of the dragon and uh you get to see that shan is using like the eagle claw like he did at the first kind of dramatic encounter mm-hmm. and he also does a little bit of a mantis style where he has this pointy fingers hanging down yeah And I love that you can see Gordon Liu doing a lot of the things that you see him doing in that opening montage in 36 Chambers. Oh, yeah, sure. Like you see him doing like the where he puts like his two thighs together and he even does the where he has the two hands in the air and he kind of shakes them back and Mm -hmm. forth. And yeah, like he even does that. He doesn't have the cool iron rings on, but it's the same move. Yep. Very cool. And there's a couple of sequences where uh, Shan's using like some fancy footwork. Like as the alleyway gets more narrow, they're kind of 
checking like oh what can we do in this area and it's like oh now i can't use kicks or you know now it's so narrow that i'll just use elbows and stuff like that <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it's pretty awesome it's it's again lao gar lung kind of really showcasing the martial arts side of uh kung fu film yeah totally and near the end of the fight, they eventually their punches go through like parts of the brick in the wall. Yeah, cool. And which is really cool. But it was kind of funny because you can kind of totally see the styrofoam of the <laughs> of the wall because like you like just the way that it bubbles. It just looks exactly like styrofoam. <laughs> I mean, I think even concrete would, you know, respond. I mean, concrete like would do that, power, too. But it's you know, the energy it's, I, uh, of these guys. <laughs> had a lot of yeah exactly had flashbacks to like working on sets and high school drama and stuff oh, sure, with some totally. of, like the the way that it flakes off but it's kind of interesting the way that it ends it kind of seems like shenjong won the fight because he kind of has his uh he has his foot in gordon Liu's neck yeah but then he uh just kind of walks away and we see him kind of turn a corner and he's kind of doing the same thing that happened earlier in the movie where like he's like like rubbing some parts that probably really hurt and there's like that goofy music again. <laughs> Whenever he comes back, he says to the other masters, basically, Wang Qing is like should be the leader of is like the grace of the of the five tigers, and Wang Fei Hung would be, be the best of the next five or right. something like that. Mm. Yeah, I think um, that's how this movie is kind of cleverly reinterpret uh, reinterpreting the uh, what you were talking about, Carlos, the Ten Tigers of Canton. It's like um you know kind of neatly distributing them like father and son yeah it's cool and yeah what you were saying matthew about how the fight ends i think it's really cool i think it's almost like a game of chess where he you know realized they weren't out to kill each other you know they he just wanted to test his ability so they got a fair test of it all and he realizes hey you know i basically got uh, the the strong move in that would have taken the fight to its climax but also i really like how afterwards he's kind of walking away and uh, he he's almost practicing the moves that he witnessed Wong fei hong yeah, doing yeah he's like hmm like yeah. i'm gonna use that later on <laughs> it's really cool and well I also ju- like the idea it's like oh he's gonna kind of spread it throughout china which is cool. yeah it's great it's really good i think it's a really it's a really cool end to a fight. It's it's something that I didn't expect before I saw it, but when I saw it, I was like, "Man, this is so cool." It's like so respectful, you know. It's it's all about like the path of the warrior, like like how yeah, I was totally. uh, talking about in the other in Thirty Six Chambers. It's, it's really cool. It's it's celebrating the uh, the kung fu of kung fu films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautifully put. And then, yeah, you get, you get this little celebratory lion dance. Yeah, yeah, kind of hard cuts after that to the the room we saw at the very beginning of the movie, like the white room with the lion dance. And we get a nice freeze frame of them throwing the heads up in the air and the and Shaw Brothers logo. Yeah. And that's the end of the movie. Great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I got to say, yeah, like, I, yeah, it's 
every time we get to dig in, I mean, and especially Wong Fei Hung, I love like mm-hmm. you know the the lore behind it all. And anytime totally. we get to enjoy a film that addresses that, I have so much fun just digging in and looking up notes and learning more. It's really cool, really cool. Yeah, no, I I love discovering all this stuff because that's one of the um, one of the schools, the the Zheng Tian Chao school. I looked up the Jang Tian Chao, and it turns out that that's actually the name of a character from uh, Water Margin or the Outlaws in the Marsh, which is one of like the the four like great novels of of China, which is kind oh, of right. in my mind, it's kind of like it's kind of like Shakespeare is to uh, the West as this kind of is to China. Mm. Because it's like Journey of the West or yeah. Three Kingdoms or other ones. Or like was so, at one point, I think there's, you know, during kind of the Mao era, even some well, even some well, of that yeah, material that, got... Um, Mao kind of shakes things up in Chinese history. <laughs> he but, shakes it up. You got to hand it to him. He's a, or he's or a leaps shaker. it up, I guess you could yeah. say. <laughs> but, um, no, I, that's a great comparison. That's It'd be cool to dig into those sometimes. But it's, it's just fascinating to learn, you know, hear about this stuff and how there's this entire history and, and lore, I guess, in, in a different culture that, like, is just as rich as stuff that we know of in the West, but we don't know anything about it. It's just so cool. Yeah, it's, yeah, hundreds, like, a thousand years worth of cool characters that were just mm-hmm. kind of taking a peek through a tiny hole. I think, I, yeah, what did I say? It's like chipping away at an iceberg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, chipping away at an iceberg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's very um, fun. Yeah. And just the fact that, you know, I mean, a lot of it is fictional, but, you know, these are partially based on, you know, real characters that existed. Mm-hmm. Like, who knows what the truth is? But, you know, yeah. Shaolin and stuff like this. Yeah. Well, so and Wao Garlong's lineage goes pretty directly into, into Wang Feihong. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Which is yeah, yeah it's cool that no matter what he actually did, Wang Fei Hung was a real person and right. you know, he did at the very least he trained some of the people that that led directly to, you know, you know, like you can trace a line from like Bruce Lee back to Wang Fei Hung. It's yeah, pretty totally. sweet. Yeah, so what what uh what did you say you guys' favorite um favorite fight in the movie is? Mm. Cuz I think mine is probably the uh just because of how kind of interesting it is, I really love the fight in the brothel where his ar- arms are tied. Yeah. Just because it's that such a, a different kind of energy yeah. from from the rest of the movie where it feels a little more feels a little more like aggressive and more, you know, more serious than some of the other yeah. fights in the movie. I think yeah, the first I, thing I would think of would be the the op- the opera fight. And yeah. it is it is incredible, but honestly, possibly my favorite is um, is when Kara first comes to accuse Wong Fei Hung. Yeah, and yeah. they're fighting at the school, and yeah, Gordon has the three section staff, and I, yeah, it's just it's really terrific sequence, and their energy is just so strong, and yeah, I don't know, but there's you, <laughs> you can't go wrong. There's tons of great sequences in this movie how about you carlos i definitely think that i would lean on the one-on-one fighting i know there isn't mm-hmm. as much of it in this film but like yeah uh ju ying and wang fei hung before it's like this well you know in the middle of the huge brawl they have a little bit of a one-on-one exchange and that's really good i yeah. mean it's hard for me to not love that last fight especially mm-hmm. like oh, yeah. towards oh, the end gosh, of that yeah. fight when things are getting really tight there's some 
really uh, creative choreography using the wall and using uh, um, Shenzong kind of climbing up the wall in the middle of the choreography. It's yeah, it's very dramatic and just the you know the camera work with that fight and then the performance between the two. It's I, th- I I'm gonna have to say it's that last fight. It's too good. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, if you like the show, then please leave us a review on your podcatcher of choice, so iTunes or Stitcher, whatever you're listening to this on. Uh, check us out on Facebook. We are Heroes Three Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Heroes the Number Three Podcast. Thank you so much to the Kung Fu Cinema subreddit. If you're coming to us from there, thanks for checking us out. And next week, we're going to, I think we're going to be finishing up our look at Lao Kar Lung. So Marty, what is our training for next week? Yeah, so actually, um, we might not be going where everyone is expecting because um, we want to. <laughs> I'm really interested think, in this. Because I think we want to save. Um, yeah. Lao Kar Lung's kind of career resurgence. We're talking about Drunken Master too. We really want to. Mm-hmm save that and maybe its own arc because we actually haven't even touched on the original film on this podcast yet um so we're actually going to be moving very shortly in time uh and we'll round out our long long arc with a film where he finally gets to take center stage and this is a legendary weapons of china which is also available on amazon prime and matthew and i just checked it before recording it is a dub yeah it's a Nice. So it's a classic Shaw Brothers yeah. dub. <laughs> awesome. I was very curious to see where you were going to go with this. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, there's so many to yeah. choose from. We could easily do a whole other, uh, you know, run of four films by him. Yeah, and I, and I hope we oh, do yeah. at some point, which would be great. We have to. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, Lau Kar Lung has done uh, dozens of movies, so like a lot of directors in, in Hong Kong. So yeah, uh, definitely looking forward to next week. So. Until next week, where we're taking a look at Legendary Weapons of China, I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network.